Y'all ready for his word tonight? Come on, y'all. God's word is good all the time. Y'all ready for his word? I want to say thank you to all of my leaders that are in this room tonight. We've got an amazing team of young pastors training to be pastors. We've got an amazing team of parents and adults that sacrificially give every single week. And I want to say thank you to all of them. Students, real life, can we give a heartfelt, passionate cheer for our leaders that are in this room that serve us every single week and make real life what it is? Come on, y'all. Give it up for y'all's leaders. We've got an incredible team. We got a really big team, too, and it's awesome to work with them. I'm so grateful to be your pastor. Um, if you noticed tonight, we're giving um, Northside High School a little shout out this week. Um, a lot of our leaders were encouraged if, if they, it was last minute, so it's my fault if they're not wearing red. Um, but we wanted to wear red in honor of, of Northside and what they're facing right now. Um, tonight is the start of Stranger Things. How many of y'all have seen Stranger Things before on Netflix? Y'all, that show is crazy. It is crazy. I have watched like one and a half, maybe two episodes, and my wife was like, we can't do this. This is crazy. And, and so I haven't seen all of it. Um, but this is week one of Stranger Things. How many of y'all are ready for some strange things? I am excited. Tonight, the theme of the night is called eternity. Everybody say eternity. I had an amazing Labor Day weekend with my family. Did y'all have a good weekend? Enjoy your day off on Monday, praise the Lord. Extra time, extra time with my kids is always, it, it fills my heart. I love it when I get to spend extra time. My little princess gives me all these kisses all over my face, and she's like, she does this thing. He's like, I'm, am I pretty, Daddy? And I'm like, you are gorgeous. You are the most beautiful princess in the whole world. And she gets, she just giggles, and she's like, <laughs> it's so cute. She knows how to work her dad. It's crazy. But Jubilee asked me to do something to help her with our two-year-old, Lucas. How many of y'all know Lucas? He's, he's a stud. His name means bringer of light. Lucas means bringer of light, and he is a light to our family. He's an incredible part of our family. And Jubilee made the mistake of asking me to clip his fingernails. Yeah, she asked this guy who has, like, spaghetti fingers. I have, like huge fingers. They're like long and, and lanky, and I, I can hardly control them. And she asked me to clip these little tiny two-year-old sensitive fingers. And so I was almost done clipping his nails. It, it was, I was so close. And there was this moment, and it, it was a moment where I put pressure on the clippers, right? Y'all have clipped your fingernails, I hope. Um, I put pressure on the clippers, and everything was lined up. It was perfect. It was so online, on track. And at that same moment, the moment I put pressure down, that was the same moment that Lucas decided to move. In that moment, he jerked. And in that moment, I still pressed down. And in that moment, he did something his father never intended him to do. And the next thing I knew, I clipped a chunk of his thumb right off of where his fingernail connects to his body. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it was a big chunk. It was so gross. As soon as I did it, my insides were like, oh, did I just, oh, oh. like, 
and the next thing I knew is he is bleeding, guys. And, and he began to cry, and it wasn't like the, the fake cry. Y'all, y'all have younger siblings, the fake cry where it's like, eh, I just want to be annoying, eh, right? It wasn't that. It was like the moment where, have y'all seen babies cry where the first part of it's silent, where they're like, ah, and it just comes out, and it's gross, and it's sad. And your heart just like crumbles in that moment when when that cry finally breaks through the silence that was the moment and and it wasn't that whiny cry and he began to bleed and it wasn't just like a a bleed where oh go get a band-aid he scraped his knee it was like oh my goodness I need some gauze to get this to stop bleeding so it doesn't need stitches like this is I am afraid I'm upstairs all by myself and they're, the rest of the family's downstairs, like, playing outside. They can't hear me, and, and he's crying. He's sitting on the counter, and I'm, like, falling apart as a dad. Like, he is f- just flipping out and bleeding all over the place. And, guys, my heart sank in that moment, and, and it continued to be broken throughout the day as I had, like, f- literally five Band-Aids wrapped around his little thumb. He walked around with his thumb up the whole day. It was so cute. It, y'all didn't think that was funny, but it was funny. Just take my word for it. It was cute. So all day long, my heart was hurting for my son. And, and I, I was reminded by God, I believe, in Matthew 7, 11, that that's the scripture that came to my mind. And it says, if I who am evil can give good things to my children, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give those who ask and so I was thinking to myself, if I, who am a finite human being, I love Lucas so much that it literally hurts me that the tip of his finger is in pain. How much greater is God's love and how much greater is God's pain? God, who is the very essence of love, how much greater is his compassion for us when we are in pain? It's so much greater than we could even imagine. Many times, We remember the first things that we hear, and so I believe God wants us to hear very clearly from the onset of this new series that God loves you with a true and powerful love, and it's God's will that no one should perish. I want to say that one more time. It is God's will that none should perish. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 is very clear. It's black and white in God's holy word. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. That means that time is mercy that God gives us each and every day. Instead, he is patient with you and with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. That's the word of God tonight. He loves us so much. He doesn't want any one of us to perish. Amen. God has has incredible timing because um, for weeks we've been, as a real-life staff, we've been excited and planning what is going to take place this fall. We've got an incredible fall retreat planned, November 18th, 19th, and 20th. You better be there because it's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. Um, We will be announcing our special guest speaker very soon, and uh, some more details. I believe Juan is about to post registration this weekend, and it's going to be incredible on reallifecolumbus.com. But before fall retreat, we're planning this incredible outreach for the month of October. Y'all have experienced Real Life Idol, but come on, Real Life Idol is dead now. It's over. It's done. We did it three years in a row. We're doing something new. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be off the chain, 
and incredible. We're going to do two incredible things at the same time, and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but it's going to happen real soon. We're going to explain what's going to happen this October, and it's going to be incredible, and we're, we're doing some cool things to show our community that Jesus loves them. Amen? That's the point of outreach, to let others know that Jesus loves them. And we're believing that many are going to be saved and join us at Fall Retreat and be integrated into this awesome family that we call real life. Amen? And with that in mind, we knew that God wanted us to be prepared in the month of September to reach out and love our friends in a way that pleases God. That's the month of September. And evangelism needs to focus Evangelism needs to be a focus in each and every one of our lives. Personal evangelism, letting people know what God has done in our lives so that they can experience it for themselves as well. Tonight we begin our September series. We're calling it Stranger Things. Taking your relationship with Christ from unusual to attractive. That's awesome. We believe that personal evangelism does not have to be strange. You don't have to be crazy or kooky to reach out in love and show people Jesus. Can I get an amen? We believe that we can live our lives in such a way for Jesus that others will be attracted to it and want what we have. I believe that with all my heart. See, tonight the topic is eternity, and we believe that eternity is a stranger thing. Amen? It's hard to comprehend. We have so much to live for. We have so much to look forward to. And the way we live our lives in the present will have a major effect on eternity. The way we live our life now determines our eternity. It determines our future. Eternal perspective is a stranger thing. It's hard to comprehend a limitless amount of time when all we have known has been confined into a 24-hour period where we're constantly running out of time every day. So it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the concept of forever. Everybody say forever. At Real Life, we believe it is a stranger thing to live like there is no tomorrow than to live with eternal purpose and with eternal focus. We think that it should be strange for us as Christians not to have eternity in mind, not to be believing for our friends' eternity, because your friends will get, end up somewhere, amen? We've got a responsibility to play in their lives. If we realized that how we choose to live in the here and now changes our tomorrow, our lives would be much more attractive to an unbelieving world around us. If we really thought often about eternity and what it's going to be like and who's going to be with us, it would change the way we lived our everyday here and now life. And if we did that, it would be so much more attractive to the people we call family and friends around us. Tonight's message weighs heavy on my heart because we're living in stranger times. We live in a world of stranger things happening on a regular basis, and it's a wake-up call for us as the church of Jesus Christ. Now more than ever before, we need, to, we need to be sharing the love of Jesus with the world that is hurting around us. This past summer is being, I read it this week, this past summer, Labor Day marked the unofficial last day of summer. And this, this past summer of 2016 is being labeled as the worst summer in human history. Let me just explain to you why. 
I've got some pictures I want to show you, and it, this is just a, a vivid reminder of what the enemy is doing in our planet and in our world, trying to keep our focus off of eternity. This has been the worst summer ever because there was a massacre in a nightclub in Orlando. It was the worst mass shooting by a single gunman in human history. It's the worst one ever by a single gunman. Before that horror could even be processed, terrorists with bombs and guns slaughtered 41 people and injured 100 more in an all-out assault at Istanbul in an airport at Turkey. That's a picture. I, I couldn't really post or put up most of the pictures because they were too graphic. See, young person, there's a few more that I'm going to show you, but I want you to recognize tonight that now more than ever before, we should not ignore the signs of the times. Too many things are happening on a daily basis to ignore the reality of eternity. People being gunned down by officers across our free country, and snipers are gunning down cops as racial tensions grew to a boiling point this summer. I, I, we were in El Salvador uh, on a mission trip, and I'm getting texts and I'm getting emails about how Columbus is about to be rioting because of the racial tension. That, that was our summer, is an all-out attack on our unity as a people, as a free people. In, in Nice, at a celebration of Bastille Day along the banks of the French Riviera, a man in a truck drove through the crowd along the promenade. Eighty-four people were killed in that one terrorist attack. Hundreds were injured. At the end of July came a murder of an 85-year-old Normandy priest. Well, in the middle of preaching, a terrorist from ISIS came up and slit his, slit his throat in front of his congregation. What a terrible thing. At the end of the, here, here more close to home, in Columbus, at the beginning of our summer, I counseled a young man who was a lifeguard at the double church's pool, and, and I spent multiple times talking to him about how he was haunted by the fact that on his shift, he got to walk up on someone who had been shot to death, murdered, right in cold blood, shot blunt force to the head in front of the whole community at double church's pool. And for the rest of his life, he will never be able to unsee that. Roy Newman, a bus driver for the Springer, loved by many here, was killed in an accident as the bus he was driving smashed into a tree. Our hearts, our hearts are broken for this stuff. Now we mourn with the Johansson family, the tragic loss of their son, J.P., We love and miss him. Just last night, Jubilee's cousin, we got a phone call from a family friend, family member. Just last night, Jubilee's cousin committed suicide. It's been a tough summer. Tonight, it's heavy on my heart. We have got to focus our eyes on eternity. We cannot change what's taken place in our past, 
But we can determine from this point forward to change our future. We may not be able to take the tragedy back and stop it from ever happening. But we, by God, can do whatever it takes to change our future. Instead of focusing on the mind game of what if I would have done something different in the past, we should focus on what we can do to change our future. Come on, real life, let's join together and agree to let the pain of the past fuel us to never neglect the future again. The pain of our past should be the fuel that, that causes us. I will never forget. That's, that should be our heart's cry. You have the choice tonight to change your future both in your life and in the lives of others. And instead of being defeated and discouraged by the stranger things that continue to happen, I believe it's time that you and I turn this world upside down for Jesus by sharing the love of Jesus with others like never before. I believe that's what God wants us to do. Tonight, I believe that God is calling you and I to live our lives with eternity in mind. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 16. Jesus is telling a story, and it goes like this. In verse 19, it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. He lived in luxury every single day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. Covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Everybody say gross. The time came when the beggar had died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. That, that really kind of got to me for a second because no one cared enough for this beggar named Lazarus to even give him a proper burial. God had to send angels from heaven to do it. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to them, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm, and it has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor anyone can cross over there to us. Tonight, young person, I'm so grateful that it's not too late for us to make a change in our eternity. I'm grateful that, that we have time. We've got breath in our lungs. We've got life in our bodies. It's not too late. God has still given us the grace of time. It's not too late for us to make a change in our eternity, as well as the eternity of as many people as possible that surround us. Guys, some people think that I'm a little intense, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Because what I'm, I'm, I'm intense because I don't want any single person that I know to go to hell. I'm intense with my standards. I'm intense with the way I live my life. I'm intense with the way I pray. I'm intense with the way I get my time with the Lord. I'm intense with how I've fallen in love with his word. Because I don't want a single person to die and go to hell on my watch. Because I know that it's not God's will for anyone to perish. And that's my focus. 
the, the first truth we need to see from, from this story that Jesus is telling is that every day you and I are face-to-face with people who suffer. The question is, will we choose to see it? Will we choose to see? I know many of us in this room tonight are thinking to ourselves, what could I have done? What could I have said? What could I have been an example to? How could I have done things differently? The rich, young, the rich man in this story saw the beggar Lazarus every single day, just like you see your friends at school every single day, but he chose not to see him. There was no compassion. There was no sensitivity. The rich man had more than enough and did nothing to love Lazarus, the one with less. As the youth of America, we live in luxury every day. The, we have more than enough. Come on, y'all. We've got everything we need. Even the ones of us in this room that are considered poor. Y'all are poor, po, right? The po people in the room. Y'all, y'all got cell phones in your pocket. You got an internet connection. You, you're on Wi-Fi right now probably. Y'all, y'all got more. Some of y'all drove here. You own a car. That puts you in the top like 98% of the world. There's like 3, 3% of the entire world's population owns a vehicle. And if you drove here tonight, you are very rich. Amen. I'll, I'll, that's good preaching, Pastor Jonathan. We're rich. We see something, and it can move us to feel. Here's, here's our problem. Here's our issue. A lot of us, we can see something, and it can move us to feel. We feel for things all the time. We see a post on social media, and we're like, oh, man, there's that little cat that got. I remember one of the first Wednesdays that I was in real life, and and Pastor Juan had this video. It was an intro video, and it was this hotel, and the next thing I knew is this cat was being thrown from, like, 15, 20 stories up, and the, and the little cat was just like, and, and Pastor Juan got up on stage and was like, y'all, don't worry, it's alive. Everybody's like, no way. We felt that. We feel for things all the time. We know how to feel. But, but I've come tonight to tell you that feeling is not enough. That simply means we're able to see something tragic and feel badly for it. Everybody can do that. Some of us can even empathize with the needs we see around us because we've gone through some of the same things, some of the same struggles ourselves, and empathy is not enough. Compassion is so much greater. The definition of compassion is being so moved by what we see that we cannot help but act to relieve the pain or injustice that we see around us. I'm believing that over this month, God is going to put compassion in every heart of real-life student ministry Students, amen. God is going to cause us to have broken hearts for things that our hearts should be broken for. That when we see the injustice that's all around us, we won't just feel for it, but we'll do something about it. May God give us a sensitivity to have compassion for those that are living in hell and on their way to hell before it's too late. We've got to have compassion. We can't just feel badly for all the junk that's surrounding us. We've got to be moved with compassion to do something about it because the people that are surrounding our lives will go to hell if we don't. The, G- the Jesus, the story goes on and Jesus is talking about 
this rich man, and he's dressed in purple and in fine linen. He lives in luxury every single day. Hear God's word tonight and hear my heart as I speak the truth in love to you. We have got to realize that this rich man teaches you and I that there are things in this life that can look great but have no eternal value. There are things in this life that can look great and feel great and make us feel comfortable and help us to to feel secure in the way things are going. But some of the things that, that look good in this life have no real eternal value. Living in luxury today does not secure a pleasant tomorrow. Living in luxury today does not secure a pleasant tomorrow. Only a life surrender to Jesus Christ does. Your GPA will not get you a full ride to heaven. Only a life surrendered to Jesus Christ does. Your athletic ability will not matter because when I get my new body in heaven, I'm going to dunk on all of y'all. Because I'm, I'm telling y'all, I'm going to have a new body. I'm, I believe I can fly. Like, it's going to be on. It's going to be incredible. Your athletic ability will not get you into heaven, though. But... My relationship with Jesus is going to get me a new body. Amen. God is the only way. Jesus is the only way for a secure, eternal future. We're going to invite the band to come as I close. Right before Jesus tells this story, he's talking to some religious leaders, and I found this interesting. He's telling them straightforwardly in Luke chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus says this. He says, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. So a lot of the things that we value as a generation, some of the things that we hold as valuable is literally it makes God sick because they hold no eternal value. Don't let the things of this world that seem so enticing and so appealing rob you of your vision for eternity, young person. The things that are so pleasing to our eyes, the things, the sin that so easily entangles us, it looks so good. We can't trade momentary pleasure for our eternal future. The rich man was now in agony asking for help from Lazarus, and Abraham describes an uncrossable chasm. There's two very heavy explanations for this chasm. The first is there will come a moment in every one of our lives when God's mercy that comes in the form of time will come to an end. There will come a moment in every single one of our lives where God's mercy that comes in the form of time will come to an end. The scripture says and describes that life is but a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. The rich man wanted to go back, but it was too late. He'd lived a life for himself and no one else. Not for God, not for the obvious need that was right in front of him in the second explanation of this chasm hits home for us is that God cannot forgive a past that has not been repented of. God cannot forgive a past that's not repented of. See, we serve a God who is a just God. He's a just God and, and if he forgave us for things we weren't even sorry for, that would just be unjustified. The chasm that is created by unrepentance is not God's fault. It's ours. I think we all need to hear that one more time. The chasm that is going to be between us and God if we choose not to surrender our hearts and our lives to him 
That's not God's fault, it's ours. Especially us who have heard the gospel over and over and over and still choose to not see, still choose not to surrender. See, thank God we still have a choice to repent tonight. Thank God we still have a choice. Thank God we still have time. If we take advantage of this opportunity to repent, the scripture says he's faithful and he's just to forgive, but he simply cannot forgive That's that which is not repented. All of a sudden, the rich man's eternal perspective gets turned on. And I pray, I pray, I pray that maybe, just maybe, God's word would come alive to you tonight and your eternal perspective would turn on before it's too late. And in verse 27, the rich man answered, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I've got five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets, and I believe that you are God's chosen prophets. I believe that it's not just my responsibility as a preacher, but it's your responsibility to be prophets to your generation. God has left you a responsibility to be a mouthpiece to your friends, to your family, to everyone you come in contact with. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. The rich man begged, no, Father Abraham, if, if someone from the dead goes to them, they'll repent. He said to him, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced even if someone raises from the dead. Jesus said to his disciples, the things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to any, anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. And this is our challenge tonight. And this is your calling for the next few weeks and for the rest of your life. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Say something. Do something about it. Be moved with compassion. Don't allow your friends to go to hell because they're bound in sin. The next few weeks, we're going to be training you, teaching you, helping you to become disciples of this gospel so that when you speak the truth in love people will actually listen we don't want a bunch of strange people on their holy soapbox talking down to people but we're going to teach you over the next few weeks how to communicate God's love in such a way that people will want that love more than their sin he says rebuke them and if they repent forgive them Man, this place should be full of a bunch of people who have been forgiven of a bunch of junk. This place should be a holy hospital where all the people, the drug addicts, the people who are in gangs, the people who cheat on one another, the people who cheat themselves, the people who are terrible to their families. The, this place should be full of those people because they want the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ. It says, forgive them, even if they sinned against you seven times in one day, seven times, take them back if they say, I repent. You must forgive them. See, young person, it's our responsibility to be the prophetic voice of reason to the world we live in, to friends that we love. Jesus is saying, watch how you live because you don't want to be the one responsible for leading someone to an eternity of torment. I know I don't want that blood on my hands. 
He's communicating to us that our decisions affect both our eternity as well as the eternity of all those around us. We are to tell people around us the truth before it's too late and forgive them regularly. Amen? I want to invite you to your feet. Let's stand. Tonight, God is calling us to embrace an eternal perspective on how we live. God wants you to stop thinking about the present all the time and start thinking about your future. Because how you're living right now will determine your future. What you choose to do after you leave this building tonight could be your last choice ever. I'm not trying to scare anyone, but it's just the reality that we live in. And God wants you to choose to live in communion with him. His forgiveness is free. His salvation is a free gift. He's already died to pay the penalty that you deserve. And so why not make a choice starting right now for the rest of my life? I'm going to start choosing. I repent, God. I need you in my life. I need forgiveness. I need freedom. I need to be set free from the mistakes that I've made in my past. I can't do anything about the past, but I can do something from this point on about my future. Tonight I've come to tell you don't allow your past failures to alter your present decision to live for your eternal future. God wants you in his kingdom. God wants to spend the rest of eternity, which never ends, in communion with you, with every head bowed, every eye closed in this room right now. God is calling us to think very specifically about heaven and hell. We have a choice. We'll choose and we'll go one or the other. The only other thing that will matter besides whether or not you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior to spend eternity with him is who you will bring with you. That's the only other thing that's going to matter. So tonight, right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're in this room and and there have been some major wake-up calls that have happened over the past few days in your life. There's been some major situations that have caused you to, to think deeply and some of the decisions that you've made over the past few weeks and months, maybe you're not proud of them. Maybe you've got regret in your life. Maybe you have a hard time living with yourself right now because you wish that you would have been living a different way so that others would have known this love that only Jesus gives. Tonight I've come to tell you that you can be set free from guilt. You can be set free from your past. You can be set free from your failure. All you got to do is trust that God can forgive you. So right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're in this room and you know that your relationship with God, there's a chasm. There's a void because there's unrepentance in your life. Tonight, that can be fixed. All you got to do is ask him for your, 
ask him for forgiveness. So right now, in this moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to pray with you. If you want God to forgive you, you want your relationship with Jesus to be restored, and you want to choose from this point on to live with an eternal perspective, to not live for the moment, but to live for heaven. Heaven will be your home one day, and so you're going to honor God with your life and your decisions from this point forward, and you need the grace and mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus from his cross on Calvary. If you need that tonight, raise your hand and hold it high. I want to pray with you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Everyone in this room, say this loudly and proudly. Dear Jesus, we need you tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused you. I realize that you are my heavenly father, that you created me for a purpose. You created me to be someone more than what I've become so far. And God, I'm sorry for all the failure, for all the sin, for all the times I've turned my back on you. Tonight I make a decision to live not from my past, but for my future. So God, we ask for your forgiveness. Wash us in your blood tonight. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for taking the penalty that I deserve. So tonight, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise.